Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. It's so great to see all of you. Today we are celebrating Flower Communion, and you will learn all about what that means pretty soon. It's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of pretty, and it's a lot of smell good. So my name is Reverend Mari Caballero, and I'm Assistant Minister here. And we are here to welcome you, especially, especially if this is your first or second time here. Don't leave without letting us get to know at least your name. Get a name tag if you haven't already. Introduce yourself to the people at the welcome table right outside these doors. And stay for bagels and coffee and juice and water in the fellowship hall, house and hall, right through the double doors and to the right. We're actually pretty sweet folks. (laughs) And now I'd like to invite you to please join us in the words by which we light our chalice, printed in the order of service. In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. Good morning. My name is Becky Harding. Our opening words for the Flower Communion are by Thomas Rhodes. We come in a variety of colors, shapes, and sizes. Some of us grow in bunches. Some of us grow alone. Some of us are cupped inward, and some of us spread ourselves out wide. Some of us are old and dried and tougher than we appear, and some of us are still in bud. Some of us grow low to the ground, and some of us stretch toward the sun. Some of us feel like weeds, sometimes. Some of us carry seeds, sometimes. Some of us are prickly, sometimes. And some of us smell. And all of us are beautiful. What a bouquet of people we are. Every week, this diverse bouquet of flowers gets together again in this room. And sometimes folks who don't quite get us ask us, well, how do you come together if you're all so different? What makes you stay friends? And we say, well, there's lots of reasons. And one of them is that we all love our mission statement, and we wrote it together, and we say it every week, and we slapped it up there on the wall. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and And do justice. This reading is called, For the Flowers Have the Gift of Language, by Reginald Zatoli. Speak, flowers, speak. Why do you say nothing? The flowers have the gift of language. In the meadow, they speak of freedom, creating patterns wild and free no gardener can match. Flowers, can you not speak to the joy of our sadness and hope to our fear? Can you not say how it is with you that your color the darkest hour? The flowers have the gift of language. At the occasion of birth, they are buds, before bursting. At the ceremony of love, they unite two lovers in beauty. And at the occasion of death, they remind us how lovely 
life is. The flowers have the gift of language. In the dark depths of the death camp, they speak of the light of life. In the face of cruelty, they speak of courage. And in the experience of ugliness, they bespeak the persistence of beauty. May their beauty beckon to you each morning, and their loveliness lure you each day. May their tenderness caress you each night. May their delicate petals make you gentle, and their eyes make you aware. May their stems make you sturdy, and their reaching make you care. The Unitarian Universalist Flower Communion Service, which we are about to celebrate together, originated in 1923 by the Reverend Dr. Norbert Chopik. Some of you remember I dressed up like him last year. He was the founder of the modern Unitarian movement in Czechoslovakia. On the last Sunday before summer recess of the Unitarian Church in Prague, all the children and adults participated in this colorful, colorful ritual, which gives concrete expression to the humanity-affirming principles of our liberal faith. When the Nazis took control of Prague in 1940, they found Chopik's gospel of the inherent worth and beauty of every human person to be as uh, to be as anti-Nazi as you could get. And um, the court records show that he was found, quote, too dangerous to the Reich for him to be allowed to live. So Chopik was sent to Dachau, where he was killed the next year during a Nazi medical experiment. This gentleman suffered a cruel death, but his message of human hope and decency lives on through his flower communion, which is widely celebrated today. It's a noble and meaning-filled ritual, which we are about to recreate. This service includes the original prayers of Chopik to help us remember the principles and dreams for which he died. Now I'm going to say one of those prayers that, that Dr. Chopik wrote himself and said every year at their flower communion service in Prague. And we are, I'd love to invite you all to pray this with me in your hearts as I say it, and so that we can give our blessings, our good wishes to these flowers, which we're going to give to each other as gifts. Infinite spirit of life, we ask thy blessings on these, thy messengers of fellowship and love. May they remind us, amid diversities of knowledge and of gifts, to be one in desire and affection and devotion to thy holy will. May they also remind us of the value of comradeship, of doing and sharing alike. May we cherish friendship as one of thy most precious gifts. May we not let awareness of another's talent discourage us or sully our relationship, but wait, may we realize that whatever we can do, great or small, the efforts of all are needed to do thy work in this world. Amen.
Now, I'd like to ask you to continue to stay with me in this spirit of prayer and meditation. We can calm our wiggles for a moment and be as quiet and still as possible. And we can all think these prayers in our hearts together. Spirit of all life and love, God of many names, we pray that we can be more like flowers whose delicate beauty and soft petals remind us that we are sensitive, permeable beings. We pray that we can be more like flowers whose strength can sometimes endure nuclear devastation and deep Arctic freezes. We pray that we can be more like flowers on this Memorial Day weekend. Flowers who mourn death by celebrating beauty and comfort survivors with the hope of new life. We do pray that we can be more like flowers whose too soon fading beauty remind us that life is too short to choose anything but joy and love. May we bless creation in these same ways. Amen. Today we're celebrating all that flowers can teach us. Every year, we know that warmer days are ahead when we begin to see the fields of bluebonnets on the side of the freeways. They remind us that we live in a beautiful place and that just like we do the same things every year. Every year we celebrate birthdays and holidays and rituals like flower communion. Nature has its own rituals to celebrate when spring arrives. We often celebrate all the things we can learn indoors. We go to school and we read big books or we sit at computers and spend the day bookmarking and reposting any article that we find particularly interesting. And while most of us will readily confess our love of the outdoors, especially when we have had weather as beautiful as we've had lately, we often don't realize all of the lessons that nature has taught us. We take it for granted. So today... On the day that we enjoy our beloved flower communion, let's think about some of the ways that flowers teach us the important things in life. After all, William's, William Wordsworth himself said in his poem, The Tables Turned, Books, tis a dull and endless strife. Come hear the woodland linnet, how sweet his music on my life. There's more wisdom in it. And hark how blithe the trossel sings. He too is no mean preacher. Come forth into the light of things. Let nature be your teacher. She has a world of ready wealth. Our minds and hearts to bless. Spontaneous wisdom breathed by health. Truth breathed by cheerfulness. One impulse from a vernal wood may teach you more of man, moral evil and of good than all the sages can. Sweet is the lore which nature brings. Our meddling intellect misshapes the beauteous forms of things. 
we murder to dissect. Enough of science and of art. Close up, close up those barren leaves. Come forth and bring with you a heart that watches and receives. In a moment, you'll all be invited to come up and select a flower that is different from the one you brought in today. And if you didn't bring one in, we've brought some in for you, so no worries. And when you hold it gently in your hand, I hope you'll do so with a heart that watches and receives the lessons that it has to teach you. There are some things we already know about flowers. Let's hear you shout out some of the things you know about flowers. What do you know about flowers? They smell good. What else? They're colorful. They're pretty. What else? They grow in soil. It's all true. I often say that every age has wisdom in it. Babies have a way of learning that's inaccessible to adults, except for the most genius of geniuses. Kids have imaginations that can help solve problems in ways that grown-ups may never imagine. Teens often have a way of changing the world that take older generations many years to catch up to or, or to even notice that change has happened. Adults do a great job most of the time teaching pragmatism to all of us and common sense. And our elders teach us patience and a new way of enjoying life and rolling with the punches. It's interesting to me, if we look hard enough, if we really pay attention, we can learn all of these same lessons from flowers, too. Here's a few of them. Keep pushing until you break through. All flowers were once seeds, although it's probably beyond their wildest dreams that someday they would be tall and beautiful and fragrant they persevere through what sometimes seems like impossible odds, layers and layers of dirt. They just keep pushing through that dirt until they see light, the light of day. And they teach us that we have to get through the dirty parts of life and work hard in order to realize our full potential. Face in the direction of the sun. No matter where the sun is in the sky, flowers will turn their faces in the sun's direction. In this way, they teach us that we always have a choice. We could either look at the gloomy side of things, or we could spend our days looking on the bright side. Sometimes this is hard to do. Bad things do happen. People get sick, and sometimes they die. Natural disasters and poverty leave some people homeless. I'm sure you can think of all the bad things that can happen or that have happened to you or to your loved ones. Sometimes it's not only okay, but extremely appropriate to be angry or to be sad. But what flowers can teach us about this is that we shouldn't get stuck there. Even if it takes some time, we should seek joy in our lives. If you need help, ask a bee. Many types of flowers could not survive without a little help from their friends. 
In order to make new buds, flowers must ask bees and other insects or birds to help them pollinate. They do this in many ways. Some of them decorate their petals with bright stripes so that the bees will know exactly where to land. And some of them will even disguise themselves to look and smell like rotting meat to attract flies over. Yuck. Others will pretend to be a female bee so that the male bee will want to come over and get a closer look. They have all kinds of clever ways of asking for help. And sometimes it's hard for us to ask for help. Sometimes we'd rather do things ourselves. Independence is okay, just as long as our stubborn independence doesn't make us forget that we are actually all interdependent. We rely on each other more than we realize. There will be times for all of us that will need to ask for help. And there will be friends of ours during those times that will get a great deal of joy out of being able to be there and assist us too. Smelling good doesn't hurt. First impressions do matter. Flowers understand this better than most. They spend time becoming beautiful as they bloom, but many of them also smell great. For thousands of years, people have been adorning themselves with wreaths of flowers and with perfumes made from their oil to emulate their sweet presentation. It's a lesson that flowers continue to teach us. The way others experience us, our appearance, our cleanliness, our manners, all of that has lasting effect. Taking the time to put our best foot forward does pay off in our personal and professional lives. We don't want to give a stinking impression. Rain has its bonuses. Rainy days can spoil our fun. We usually have to cancel or change our plans. We might feel a bit drowsy as the day goes on. We may not remember how it feels in, here in Austin, but when we have many, many days in a row of rainy weather, our bodies begin to crave sunshine. We may begin to feel down in the dumps because of it. Many sad songs and poems talk about rain. Rain imagery is easily recognizable as a common symbol for depression. But rain is not all gloom. Flowers couldn't bloom without it. The same goes with our tough days. Some of the best lessons I've learned that have made me a much better person have happened because of my most difficult days. Sometimes the worst of times can also be, in ways that cannot be imagined when we're in the thick of it, the best of times too. Next time you find yourself in the midst of a struggle, just think, here comes another blooming growth opportunity. Grow roots where the soil is nourishing. Flowers know how to play the hand they were dealt. <clears throat> Excuse me. If conditions aren't exactly right, the seed will not make a go of it. They like to make their homes in a welcoming, nourishing environment, which sometimes happens to be a crack in the sidewalk. I know some people like that myself. This is a great lesson for people. We should care enough about ourselves, our health, and our longevity to surround us with people and with conditions that will nourish our growth. We should stop trying to thrive in unhealthy environments. 
This may be the toughest lesson to learn. It's so hard to recognize the ways in which, uh, when, when we do have ways in which we're relating to friends or to family, that it's unhealthy to us. It's an agony to decide when a relationship has run its course. It's hard to know exactly when to leave a job that is unfulfilling or to move across the country to a city that's a better fit. The good news is for every flower, there's a happy spot that can suit them perfectly. And sometimes it just takes some caring gardeners. If you find yourself in winter, hang in there. Spring is awesome. As I mentioned earlier, sometimes nasty weather in our lives takes longer than we would like. Most flowers die out in winter, but something to always keep in mind is the promise of spring. Life is filled with cycles. The dip usually swings back up with a good attitude, perseverance, and strong support network. It comes faster than we think. Come spring, there will be flowers aplenty. Flowers can teach us all these lessons and many more if we simply slow down and take time to, you know what they say. <laughs> now please join me in the words by which we extinguish our chalice found in your order of service. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Go in peace to be more like flowers. May it be so. Amen. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.